I actually touched on it in in the piece. It was like, you know, maybe that was your definition of what it is to be a good father, to be financially there. You know, he did the best that he could with the knowledge that he had. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to lie. At the time, when I was a kid, no, I did not give him that grace. I was mad as hell. I was, I had so much pent-up anger uh, towards him and frustration and just like, why, 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 why? It wasn't until much later on, you know, after I had my son that I realized, like, I could either do one of two things. I could hold on to that anger and just let it consume me, or I could be a much better example for my son. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to another episode of Talk Ya Haq, the podcast where we discuss the relevant topics impacting us, Muslim Western youth, to better connect with our faith, inshallah. I'm your host, Idris. And I'm your other host, Abdukreem. And we have our brother Fuad in the building. Assalamualaikum, brother. Come on. What's up, man? Waalaikumsalam. Waalaikumsalam, man. Hey, appreciate y'all having me. You know, it's a pleasure. I love the work that y'all do. Talking how you bring some really interesting guests in. It's just a pleasure and honor to be here to chop it up with y'all. Appreciate no you, doubt, man. No doubt. It's a pleasure to have you too. Allah. Alhamdulillah. Bro, I'm going to be real with you. Uh, inshallah. Man, when I came across uh, your uh, poetry, Allah, bro, I came across you on Instagram first. I think you followed the page or you followed me and I was like, let me go check the brother's page and bro, wallah, I saw the poetry that you be doing, subhanAllah, and I was like, bro, we gotta, we gotta come get the brother on. But I think my first question for you, brother, is like, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, the type of work you be doing and some of your hobbies and things of that sort? Well, I appreciate it, man. I just came across y'all page. I think some, one of my friends reposted y'all and I just really connected with the content. It was just coming from a genuine place. So I said, let me give these, you know, brothers a follow. Um, and for me personally, my name is Vlad. Grew up for majority of my life in the D.C. area. I spent some time overseas in Egypt for about five years when I was younger. Uh, oldest of my family. Um, creatively, I, I really don't consider myself a poet. I don't really do poetry. I'm more of a writer. And so uh, it really, I got into writing um, as a source of uh therapy, right? Going through therapy, uh, it was one of those outlets that I could do to really kind of get my emotions out there. You know, going through a lot as a child, you know, my parents splitting up and just being raised by a single mom for majority of my life. Um, going through a marriage, going through a divorce, becoming a father, a lot of those things kind of happened at the same time. And I didn't really have the tools, the adequate tools to process everything that was going on. Right. Mm. And so going through therapy, you know, writing was one of those outlets for me um, that I kind of always had when I was a kid, but I never really like put it to use. So like growing up in school, I would do really good on my papers, but I wouldn't think anything of it. And then um, naturally, like I'm not really like an argumentative person. So like if I'm going back and forth with somebody, I can't really keep up. It's not something I'm naturally good at. But like if you were to give me a point and say, OK, yo, write like debate this point, come tomorrow with all of your talking points. It's, it's MJ in, in the finals, bro. I'm going undefeated. No L's. So that's that's kind of like where it started. And then through therapy, discovering to work through some of the like really deep emotions that I never got a chance to, you know, properly process. That was the beginning. And so then I started putting some of my uh, blog posts out there for, for the public to consume. And, you know, alhamdulillah, it's been pretty good from there. I uh, started writing a short a short novel that I'm still in the process of writing. I put a couple of parts out. Um, and then that kind of turned, that kind of opened my creative, I guess, appetite to do other things like, you know, short videos and stand up comedy. So, you know, the future's bright. 
So what got you into that? First of all, you talked about like all this hardship stuff that you've been through, right? And going through therapy and stuff. It's interesting how you talk about stand-up comedy. Where did that come about? Man, I've always been a fan of comedy, man. First, funny thing, like the first sketch comedy that I was uh, exposed to was Chappelle show back in the day when it came out on, v- uh, on DVD. I don't know. I think I might. Actually, I got a cop. Hold on. Let me show you. This yeah. is the original jump I got right here. Come on. Wow. Okay. Come on, man. You know I saying? think he's the greatest of all Shout time. The greatest to ever do it. You know what I'm saying? He's a Silver, from Silver Spring, Maryland, my hometown. You know what I mean? So it's only goat stuff around here. You feel me? Gotcha. Um, okay. And okay. Comedy, comedy, comedy was one of those things that I always loved. Um, I never had... I never saw myself as a person to get up on a mic in front of people and just, you know, talk my, talk my house, speak Come my on. truth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, okay. It was, it was, it was very cathartic. Like it, it felt like when, once my friends pushed me, cause I, I was obviously decent at writing. So I'd write jokes a lot after I started putting my writing, uh, like my, my, a lot of the blog posts that I have there are very like introspective and, you know, I'll, speaking about a lot of things that I went through in terms of heartbreak, in terms of my relationship with my mom, my relationship with my dad, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So stand-up was a way to kind of like, you know, talk about those things, but shed a funny light on it. You know what I mean? And, and for me, I like to, everything that I get up on there and talk about, I want to speak from a genuine place. Because if it's not genuine, if it didn't really happen to me, you can tell, you know, you can see right through somebody who's telling a fake story when they get up on the mic. And so my friend back in say 2019, he encouraged me. He was like, man, your stuff is good. Like, cause I'll practice with him. And he'd be like, yo, I think you're ready. So he just told me to go sign me up for an open mic. Went out there, went well, did another one, did another one, did another one. And I just, just kept, kept, you know, kept with it. They say la- laughter. Yeah, mashallah. They say laughter is a mashallah. It's like a medicine. It's like yeah. a healing. You know, people who turn hey, their, a- yep, that's facts, bro. SubhanAllah. What do you think about that, bro? Hey, sometimes you got to laugh to keep from crying, man. That's real. I, I've been there. Sometimes, you know, you're going really through something and you got to laugh to keep from crying. And it's, it's, it's really, you know, you even when you look at some of the, the greatest stand-up comics to ever do it, they'll tell you that. Like, you know, they went through a lot of hardships in life and they're like, yo, this laughter really helped me get through a lot of the tough times. And I want to be able to, I know how it makes me feel. I want to be able to give that to other people, give that same feeling. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like when you watch like a bunch of comedy shows, you like see their perspective of like how they lived and the situation that they went through, but they do it in a perspective of just bringing it as a laughter. You know what I mean? So exactly, I kind of exactly. they say those people who uh, those people who smile the most are the ones that are going through a lot. Oftentimes, you know, they they hide it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I feel like, especially us as guys, bro, I'm glad that you talked about going to therapy and stuff like that. I've been pretty transparent as well. Part of the reason why I resonated, like, I was like, bro, I need to have the brother on it because we have a lot of overlap uh, in our stories. Right. They might not be exactly the same, but there's a lot of overlap. And I was like, oh, I got to have a conversation with the guy because he's a, he's years ahead of me. And we've had a similar uh, timeline, subhanAllah. Mm. Uh, you know, so, man, like, what has, like, when you talk about therapy, man, what... What was it about that that you feel like was especially beneficial? I did an episode with Sada Sultan, who's a mental health therapist. And, you know, when I talk to people who say, like, you know, I tell them, you know, check out therapy. You know, you should consider it. A lot of people, maybe they're apprehensive 
or they don't know like the benefits. So what has that been like for you, bro? And what what were like the negative connotations or some of the preconceived notions you had beforehand, right? Yeah, I'd say the biggest preconceived notion that uh, I felt like therapy was for like weak-minded individuals. I thought it was for people that didn't have a strong resolve, people who couldn't deal with life. So I think coming into it, I was like, man, like this goes against everything that I was, you know, subconsciously taught. Like, yo, you know, it's okay, you know what I'm saying, toughen it up, you know, just push through it. And I never really understood that, you know, that's not an effective way to cope with, you know, situations that happen to you in life. And so once I was able to kind of like change my mindset and really come at it with an open mind and be like, okay, that I have a lot of bad coping habits that are not conducive to having healthy relationships and are not conducive to having a healthy self-esteem and self, you know, image of, of who you are as a person. Because the biggest thing that I learned through therapy is like, yo, loving yourself really truly means to respect who you are. And when you respect yourself and you establish certain boundaries that are universal across any relationship, that's the first step to kind of taking ownership of your happiness and not putting it in the hands of people that don't have your best interest at heart. Mm. Damn. That's a, that's that's a bar deep. right there, bro. Subhanallah. Nah, yeah. you're not lying. Even this guy, like, right. I think about a week ago, this guy, what's it called? He was like, Abdi, you should do therapy, you know? Because mm. he noticed, like, I was like, like, I was going through a lot, you know, at the moment. He was like, hey, bro, you should do it. And I've been looking around to see where I could find a therapy. And then I talked to someone who's like close to me, you know, I said, hey, I, I'm thinking of doing therapy. Mm. And when they they looked at me as if like, oh, you don't need therapy. Mm. Therapy is not meant for you, you know. And I was like, mm. really? Mm. Like, like, and how you saying they have like that negative aspect towards a man going to therapy, meaning that he's weak. For doing that, you know what I mean? So mm. I kind of agree with what you're saying because I've dealt with that in a way where somebody told me, men don't go to therapy. You, you, you know, you, you're not, you're not supposed to be emotional or go through certain things. You're supposed to just be hard solid and just move on and keep going, you know? Mm. But I, I, I'll, I'll keep you guys updated. I'm going to try it and then we'll see how it goes, inshallah. 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 Amen. Inshallah. It's, it's a journey, bro. It's, 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 a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And so understand, like, if you, if you come at it with that thing, like, you know, it's, it's something that's not going to stop. It's only just going to be a part of your life that's just going to continue as you evolve, as life events happen. And so um, it's a tool. It's a tool that can, you know, you, you can use it to your benefit. So don't look at it as like a medicine, you know, look at it as like a lifestyle type of change. Subhanallah mm. mm. facts, bro. And like, to be honest, I just want to emphasize this part because this is so important. Like when you talk about people who are like strong, you talk about people who are like, 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 like seen as weak. Uh, and they and they're going to therapy. They're getting the help that they need. I feel like they're strong because they're trying to be the best version of themselves for not only themselves but the people they love as well. They're taking ownership Absolutely. over what's happened to them and their response to it. And we talk about like some of that coping mechanisms and stuff like that, brother. I'm gonna tell you straight up: when we are going through things, us as guys, we have like maybe some destructive habits that we turn to, right? And those things are not conducive to the type of lifestyle we want, to be the father that we want, to be the husbands that we want to be and the, the men that we want to be. Mm. And it's right. being able to being able to talk to a third party objectively who can walk you through uh, some of your uh, behaviors and, and what's, your, what's, going thought, uh, what's going through your mind is tremendously beneficial. It's an investment. It can protect you from maybe even future divorces or future heartaches or uh, future uh, 
ties getting cut because of things that have happened to us. So subhanAllah, I think anybody who's listening to this definitely should consider. But brother, I'm gonna just I just want to pivot a little bit. I know you've been very transparent on your social media. And I think, bro, like I even I haven't been able to be that transparent the way you've been. And I think it takes a tremendous amount of courage. I mean, bro, I'm gonna be honest with you. Sitting in front of these cameras talking about some of our experience, it is not easy. It's not something that a guy can just do. Mm-hmm. You're right. So yeah. I wonder yeah. about like yeah. talking about those experiences that you've been through. You've been through divorce. You've been through uh, what happened to it, like you and your relationship, your dynamic between you and your father and uh, things like that. Man, how has that been like putting yourself out there and, and, and telling your story? What were the emotions associated with that, bro? Like, how were you able to do that? Where did that courage come from? I'll be honest with you. I never, I never thought of it uh, in a vacuum. I never sat there and said, "Oh man, I'm gonna lay my soul bare out for the whole world to consume." I think when I was able to write everything out, and and mind you, that piece that piece took months for me in draft to write it out, erase, move this here, take that out, and I wanted it to be as comprehensive as possible. Um, it's something that I'm gonna be real. I still struggle to this day. You know, there's still parts and aspects of, of not having your father around and, and, have, and how it impacts your confidence growing up, how it impacts your self-esteem growing up, how you're like, man, all these other guys, they have their dads in their life. What did I do to deserve this? Is there something that I did? You know, am I not good enough? Does he not want to be with me? All those thoughts that go through your head that, you know, from time to time, they could find their way depending on what trigger you're around or if you see a moment of, that a father's having with their son, you're like, man, I remember when I was that kid's age. I ain't had that feeling, you know? And so for me, once I was able to, like you said, take ownership of that experience and, and, and not be a victim and, and change my mindset from, from being a victim and start feeling sorry for yourself to be like, yo, I'm, I remember reading something somewhere that was really profound and it stuck with me. It was like, yo, you are, you are more than the worst thing that's ever happened to you. A lot of times, man, we go through things and we think that, oh, I've, I've been through this, therefore, this is my identity. This is who I am. And I can't evolve from that. You know what I mean? And it's like taking yourself out of that, becoming better for it, right? And once I was able to kind of mentally accept that, it became a lot easier for me to just put that out there. And once I hit publish, that's it. The weight of my, the weight is like a big weight off my shoulders because at the end of the day, like, Nobody can influence how I view about my. Nobody can influence my opinion of myself. I was cool within myself, so it's like whatever negative comments that come my way, that's a reflection of you. That ain't got nothing to do with me, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, right. and and I also looked at it like you know I know so many people that are also going through the same thing, and how liberating and like the heartbreak piece that I put out there was so like it received a lot of positive. It received a lot of good feedback because. So many people could relate to it. A lot of people were like, yo, you put my thoughts into words. It felt good to know that somebody else was actually going through what I went through. And obviously, from a male's perspective, it was more refreshing because I was able to touch on things. But like you said, a lot of guys are not really ready to touch on. But because I took ownership of it, it's like, cool, yo, I went through that. I'm better for it. So if you got a problem with it, man, that's, that's not like a you problem. That ain't got nothing to do with me. Tell them. And you know, it is, it is true what they say, though. You know what I'm saying? If you don't got haters, you ain't doing nothing right. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, that's so, true. Um, that's true. You know, I, I commend you for that. And I'm not going to lie. Because me and him had like, 
like before we started this podcast and like the more the more we did like me i always talk to him about this i'm like the more episodes we do the more like we establish ourselves and just be more vulnerable and stuff right. it's like you start to yeah. see where you where you're at with your uh your listeners or people that uh mm-hmm. critic you or whatever it is that you know they want to say you know and it's like yeah. uh, i would like that's why i think like me and him we get along because like we're mm. me and him are completely opposite Mm. I'm the type to be like, I don't care what you say. I'm going to just say how I feel. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And he's more of like a deep thinker. He'll think about something before he does it. And I'm like, mm. I don't, let's just say, I don't think before I do, I just do. You know what I mean? Mm. So like, that's that's the way it was. And I mm. feel like I kind of agree with what you're saying, like to the point where you just don't care what people say. As long as you yourself, mm. you feel good about it, you're good. Because it was never, it was never about the people. It's about mm-hmm. yourself. And yeah. a lot of the times, you know, whenever it comes to content creation or being a quote unquote, you know, social media influencer or somebody that has a presence online and a platform, if you're not being true to yourself, eventually it's going to show in what you put out there. Mm. Eventually your quality is going to be diluted. You're going to be like, okay, what's going to pop? What do my followers want? What's going to be the thing that gets the most trending? And then you become, then you lose who you are. So it's like, you got to stay true to yourself. Stay true to your house. Another one. <laughs> and, um, uh, like that, the, the growth will happen organically. And, and it's all about the quali- quality. It's not the quantity, man. It's not about how many people. It's about, yo, if, if there are certain people that really resonate with what you do. And, and for me personally, I always, whatever I put out there, I put, out, I put it out there with the the concept in mind that yo this could potentially be something that benefits me when i'm no longer here mm. you know i want to put out good content like okay this is beneficial to people and it could be a source of sadaqajari when i'm no longer here something that could help you know increase my good deeds yeah man i think what's important man is we get into some of that 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 work that you be talking about like within your poetry inshallah so i want to also dial in you talk about like being a be having a social media presence is one thing to write what you're feeling, right? There's another to put it out. So what was the intention behind put it out? I know you already mentioned something about like helping people, how many people have been through this and how people have ever been impacted. But when you put it out, you didn't know how this was going to be received. You didn't know what the reaction was going to be. So what was the intention behind putting out a poetry like that, right? That was so raw, that was so real, Right, so what was the intention behind that and continuing to talk about this? Why is it important for you to convey uh, this topic that we're also going to dive deeper into of like the roles of fathers, the divorce and things of that sort? I think it's because, again, it's something that so many people go through that look like us, that walk like us, that talk like us. And we've never had an access. We never had access to like a resource that can validate what we go through and that can relate to the experiences that we feel. And so I know there are so many other young boys, young black boys out there that went through every single step that I went through. So it's, it's, it's for myself, obviously, like I said, as a source of closure and a source of, of healing and a source of giving, giving other kids hope. Like, yo, looking back at it, it was, it was messed up, but like, look what came of it. Like the relationship that I have with my son right now. Like mm. I wouldn't, if, if, I wouldn't trade, I wouldn't change anything that I went through because it, you know, I wouldn't trade what I have today. Mm. All right, subhanAllah. Man, so I just want to, inshallah, uh, I think it's very important to just start talking about fathers, the role of fathers and 
And I think all of us, we're going to be real and talking about our own experiences, not just you, but also me, Abdul Karim, talking about our relationship a little bit with our fathers and the dynamics and the importance of the role uh, of fathers. I want to start with, um, man, what was your relationship with your father and how did that, how does that influence the relationship you are striving to develop like with your son, right? So I'm interested to hear about that. So my father was not completely like absent. Alhamdulillah, he was providing for, for our family all the way up until, financially speaking, all the way up until like I was uh, finishing, I finished college, right? I think after I started my first job, that's, that's when it stopped. But, you know, I will give him his credit there. He never, you know, abandoned us financially from that aspect. Um, he just, him and my mom chose to go different ways. And from a physical pers- point of view, he wasn't there physically and emotionally and just to kind of like, you know, help actually raise a young boy to become a man. So that was a big thing for me. It's like, I didn't have that. And on top of that, you know, what I looked at later on in life, I didn't have a healthy uh, example of what a marriage looked like in my home. I didn't get to see my mom as uh, they split when I was like 15, but we lived in Egypt from when I was 10 to 15. So from the age of 10, there wasn't a male presence in my household. Mm-hmm. right so i didn't get to see my mom be a wife i didn't get to see my dad be a husband i didn't get to see what a healthy relationship dynamic looks like and so in you know when i did get married and when i got divorced i definitely saw how that played in the sense that not knowing a blueprint like not knowing you know what to look for not knowing what's right versus what's not right mm-hmm. you know what i mean right yeah i do agree with you and i feel like when when it came to like your you know uh your letter your closure letter when to me i like like it resonated with me so much just due to the fact of i did have the same thing my parents are not divorced right now you know what i'm saying alhamdulillah and may allah you know what i'm saying uh what's it called uh take your dad to jannah inshallah you know um what's it called like when you talked about the fact that him being there financially i've also dealt with that Mm. you know my dad is the like he's the per, uh, the man of the house who financially supports us all mm. together you know what i'm saying mm. but when you said when the emotionally my dad was never there mm. you feel me and like someone to teach me how to become a man i had to learn that through like either watching videos or like not videos but like uh, shows or whatever it is or even having yeah. i used to have a mentor you know what i'm saying and i was like kind of like my second father you know where he used to like help me guide me and stuff like that but I do agree when you say the fact of just like, and I feel like that's what a lot of Somali people deal with. And I like not majority, but a lot of them deal with it in my opinion, because they have that like Somali dads who are financially there for them, but emotionally wise, they're not there. They don't know how to go and be like, Hey son, what's wrong with you? Let's mm. talk about this. Oh son, uh, you want to get married? Oh, let me help you, or son. This is what a good husband looks like, and this is what you, you know, like that. Someone who teaches you the way of becoming a man. That like layout that you said, that fine print of becoming a man, a husband, one day a father. Mm. You know what I mean? So I kind of like. So when I watched your video, I was like, man, that is something I've gone through. Mm. You know, why? Why is it important for? Because you know, Subhanallah, I'm, when you say emotionally, there, right? Um, I think a lot of people put that. You know, on the mother, you know, the mother is the nurturing, you know, she's the, you know, a lot of us mama's boys, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that's just a, so 
what what role does the father have, right? What does it mean to be emotionally available? What does it mean to be present? I'm curious to hear from you guys' perspective as well on that. Man, how much time you got, man? I don't know how long. Man, man, let's work. get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, where do I start? I think I think the biggest thing is to uh, establish the morals and values that you want to have in, in your in your son, right? We're talking about from a from a what it takes to for a man to, to raise another man. And knowing that your your boy, he's not gonna be a boy forever. He's going to be a man. So it's it's upon you to install instill the values, the morals, the work ethic, the determination, the honesty, the the respect, all of those things. Like those are super important to me. And alhamdulillah, like I see with my son now, he's almost he's about to be six soon. Um, but emotionally, he's he's so intuitive. He's so mature. He's so um, he's able to really express himself. And it's you know, alhamdulillah, I've been able to to provide that that safety for him to be like, you can come and talk to me about anything. We're gonna walk through things. And you know, as your father, my job is to do right by you. My job is not to agree with you 100%. My job is to tell you when you're doing good and to praise you. You did a great job. And when you're messing up, hey, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. This is what you're mm. supposed to be doing. This is better. You know better. So you need to do better. And holding that high standard. Like I am, I'm a very big proponent of holding your children to an extremely high standard. Because if you don't hold them to a high standard, who do you think is going to hold them to a high standard? Do you think anybody else cares more about your kids than you? No. Mm. So you're, you know, your child, when they go out there into the real world, they are a reflection of your household. And so ain't nobody going to tell me, damn, oh, man, this kid's wild enough. Who raised him? Because I'm sure I, I wouldn't conduct myself because my mom did a, did a did an amazing job with me. I'm not going to go out there and disrespect my mom and, and you know, all, all the lessons and, you know, everything that she put into us. And so being that I never had my dad, like simple things like how to tie a tie, how to learn that on YouTube, how to do taxes, how to how to change a flat tire, you know, just those little things that you don't really like understand the importance of it, you know. You know, how to talk to a girl when you're feeling her, you know, oh, you know, what kind what how to, the confidence that you need to have within yourself, you know, all of those things and, and, and you know, instilling in them that yo, it's you gotta dream big. Being their first believer, being like, yo, I believe you can do whatever it is that you wanna do. As long as you put Allah first, you work harder than anybody else, it's yours. You just have to really want it. And I'm gonna be here to provide that support. That means I'm gonna pick you up when you need to get picked up and I'm gonna be on you when I need to be on you. And and just take take pride and take ownership in that, and understand like yo, you're raising a you're raising a future man, a future husband, future father, and just knowing that like yo, he can he can be like yo, my father did, you know everything that he could. He taught me, he he gave me the game, he taught me everything that is that I need to know about what it is to be a man. So because I didn't have that, it's that much easier for me to to have that same energy and the enthusiasm and and the patience to get through those tough times because we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. We all gonna have our moments. But to understand that, yo, like when you have those moments when they tell you how much they love you and they and they're affectionate with you and you're their world to them, like it just it makes up. It makes up for all the stress and all the try because I, I done been through a lot. Like having like a lot of people I think the one thing that I would like to get across is like don't think that things happen by coincidence. You know, mm-hmm. like, alhamdulillah, I'm very grateful for the relationship I have with my son. But that just didn't come by chance. There was a lot of financial, emotional sacrifice that came with it that a lot of people aren't really willing to do. But I was like, hey, you know, it's it's time. You know, nothing, nothing. I can't put a price 
on on having that bond. Ain't no, there's no amount of money in the world that would have been like, okay, no, nah, it's too much. I can't deal with this. And that's that's what is, you know, parenthood is just that's true sacrifice, putting somebody else above your own needs, and you know, it'll pay off. And it's it's a long game, you know, it'll pay off in the long run. Mm, I, I had a question for you when it comes to like what's it called. I was thinking about when you were talking about fatherhoods and teaching what's it called your son what's it called to become a man you know what i'm saying what's it called when you like from our parents perspective like all of us them being immigrants and stuff like that and them being raised completely different from the westernized country that's why i don't like when i sometimes talk to my father or i see how my father is and i'm like oh man i wish he could have came to my football games or i wish he was you know what i'm saying there like i i like i do wish those things but sometimes as I grew up, I kind of understood the way he was taught to mm. teach a son to be a man mm. was through what's it called guidance of his own way. And I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. Like, like to me, my father, the way he does it to me is he tells me, hey, this is where you got to go. I don't care where else you're going. You're going there. Nothing else. Go, go, go. You know what I'm saying? It was more of like. Just directing. Yeah, you. just directing me. It was never there was such no a. Guiding. Yeah, there's no like, oh, actually. Let's take a what is it you want to do? And I'm a guy, I'm gonna help you get to where you want to be. You know what I'm saying? It was more of, I want to get you to what I like. How do I say? Since they didn't have the opportunities we had, mm. and I want to get you to my dream, the dream that I had for my kids when I was young for them to be successful. You're gonna go there. I don't really care for what you wanted to do. I want you to do for what to, I want you to do the things that I dreamt of you doing. Now, I don't know if that makes sense. So to me, it was like. So as I grew older, to me, it was more of like, okay, so I don't blame you for not being there because you complete, you grew up in completely in a different environment. I felt like your father was probably like that to you mm. and so on and so forth, you know? So I'm like, okay, so I kind of understand. But to me, it was like, why didn't you want to change though? You know what I'm saying? That, that was the, I, I actually asked my dad that question. I was like, like emotionally, you were never there for me. But why didn't you want to change? Did you not like see it? And he was like, the way he answered to me was, no, I always, the way I was taught to be, what's it called, a father for you guys was uh, to be financially responsible. Give you guys what you want. And you, that's it. I was never taught to show you guys, like, I was never taught to be there emotionally for you guys. And oh, when you guys are down or when you guys are going through things or how do you, how, if you wanted to get married, how do I get you through that process or whatever it is, I was never taught to teach you that. It was, to me, it was almost as as if like my dad knew, I knew that I already know how to do those things. Mm. You know what I mean? So that, that was like the interesting thing with me that I was like, when I was, that's the question I wanted to ask you guys. So like, how do you guys feel about that? Like your dads, all of our dads being immigrants and not growing up in the westernized country, mm -hmm. did you guys give them a bit of a slack? Like, oh, as you've grown older to understand, and you too, Idris, like, mm -hmm. you, have you guys grown, what type of, like, how do you guys see that? I think for me, like, similar to which I actually touched on it in, in the piece, it was like, you know, maybe I said, maybe that's your, you know, maybe that was your definition of what it is to be a good father, to be financially there, mm -hmm. you know, and understanding that, you know, he did the best that he could with the knowledge that he had. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to lie. At the time, when I was a kid, no, I did not give him that grace. I was mad as hell. I was, I had so much pent-up anger uh, towards him and frustration and just like, why, 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 you know? And it only didn't, it, it wasn't until much later on, 
you know, after I had my son that I realized like, you know, I could either do one of two things. I could hold on to that anger and just let it consume me and just always, you know, have a way to feel sorry for myself and feel good about when things are going wrong. Or I could be a much better example for my son. And like the the last the last piece, I guess the actual the absolute last line that I had in that in that video was, you know, thank you for not being there. Your grandson really appreciates it. Because if, if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for that life experience and that dynamic, I wouldn't be the father that I am to him today. Mm. Subhanallah. Bro, this is a lot just to take in and just internalizing and just pondering over because a lot of a lot of what I'm doing is just listening and reflecting on my own story. SubhanAllah. When you talk about like the um the father learning from their fathers. Subhanallah, I feel like, like you, my parents split when I was, but I was young. So I was young. So I never really had a strong images up until I was like three, four. So some of my earliest me memories were when they were together and then when they were divorced. So the dynamic that I saw is my dad, of course, was the provider. But Alhamdulillah, he came here when he was younger. So he, Alhamdulillah, he was uh, affectionate, you know, in terms of Alhamdulillah, like being able to check on my emotional well-being. How are you? Talks to me softly, stuff like that. But here's the thing, though. It's the divorce part. That is the hardest thing. And I feel like hmm. you mentioned in your poetry, it said, uh, why did I've, you said in your poetry, you said, I always wondered why uh, divorce always, divorcing the wife always meant divorcing the children. And I remember somebody hmm. said to me when I, when I divorced my ex-wife, somebody said to me, it wasn't an easy choice, but it was a choice. And somebody said to me, uh, and of course, there's guilt associated with that when you're a father. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a tough, tough mm -hmm. choice. And I, I remember somebody coming up to me, uh, saying to me, saying some along the lines of, uh, she said, don't divorce your child. And at first I got defensive. Mm -hmm. I was like, I, I didn't show that person. I was defensive. I, I was like, I, I, you know, for me, I try to, especially as people are older, I take, I may, I'm humble to their, what they're saying. But internally, I was mm -hmm. like, bro, how am I going to divorce my son? Like, <laughs> but you got to twist it. This is for he's from, he's from me, you know. So how you're acting as if that's a choice or an option. Mm. But here's the thing, though. It's like, <clears throat> subhanAllah, I feel like divorce is very difficult. And I feel like when we look at our parents' divorce, you know, we're like, man, it could have been so much easier. You know, why did why do you guys make it so difficult? Why were you guys butting heads? And why couldn't we, like, work on something so that there's some kind of mutual understanding? But then once right. we get into our relationships <laughs> and once we experience uh, divorce mm -hmm. and we see how messy yeah. and ugly it can get yeah. and we can see the collateral damage of that, then we can say, ooh, mm -hmm. it's much more uh, political and much more uh, complex than we thought. Mm. You're talking, uh, you're talking so much uh, emotion associated with this. We're talking about so much uh, hurt that's associated with, and then you have an innocent child in between this. And it's like when you're in that, when you're actually in that, it takes a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of emotional strength. Which uh, us men, a lot of us got the biceps, but we don't got the emotional strength. You know, mm. so when we put it on blast, when we put it on test. And maybe there's some drama associated with it and we're being tested and we're put in a position where, you know, you are in a tough spot. You're in between uh, a brick wall, mm. right? And some of us, we collapse, we flee. Some of us, we emotionally uh, <laughs> escape because that's what we were taught. We were taught to numb that out, you know, or some of us, we get aggressive 
right? We get very angry. And it's that critical point where you really are tested. And you the, the manhood in you is really showing what kind of man are you at that time. You know, it's easy to be all good and dandy when everything is smooth. But when, when they say when the when the what hits the fan, how you going to respond? So mm. I'm curious, bro, like, how did you navigate that? You already, and I'm going to talk about me as well, but navigating, knowing the relationship you have with your father and knowing, alhamdulillah, you have this beautiful son, mashallah, tabarakallah, and here you're dealing with such a, a, a turbulent time. Man, yeah. how were you able to navigate that for the sake of your son? Well... I remember I made a promise to myself, like um, I had a conversation with my dad at 20. Um, it was very short. It was just like, I was just asking him, why did you do this? Why did you do that? And he didn't really give me the answers I was looking for. And I was mad. I was crying. I was just like, you know what? Whenever I have a kid, no matter what, if it's, you know, if I have a kid through my marriage, if I get divorced, even if I have a kid out of wedlock, like no matter what happens, if I have a kid, I'm I'm gonna be better. I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna do my job. Period. Mm. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. So when the time came to make that decision to to split, number one, and I think you know we spoke about it a little bit offline. I made the decision for myself and for my son because if I had stayed there, I wouldn't have been the best person for me, and therefore I couldn't show up for him. Right. And one of the biggest blessings that I think I can say that came out of it, and you know, I would urge a lot of a lot of men that are in that situation where they get divorced is like, yo, you have an opportunity to only have to focus on being a father. Because mm. being a father and being a husband are two different things and they require two different levels of effort. And sometimes mm. if if being a husband, you know, sometimes being a husband, if it's not with the right person and if, if it's just not working out. No, no doubt about it. It's gonna have a detriment. It's gonna have a detrimental effect on how you are, how you show up as a father. Dang. But when you're able, when you're able to like eliminate that and then focus on, you know, your priority, your responsibility, which is being a father to him. I don't have to worry about trying to, you know, be in a relationship that's just not conducive to anybody. It's not good for anyone. Mm. You know that that was that was that was my whole mindset behind it. So you know. And a lot of times in our cultures, when people split, it's just natural that, you know, the children stay with the mom because that's what happened with me when my parents split. Right. But, you know, no, like I'm his father. I could raise him. I'm, it's my responsibility to raise him. So no one's going to take no custody away from me and no one's going to do anything of that. And, and like I said, there was a lot of financial and emotional sacrifice that came with that decision. But I was ready for it because I'm like, ain't nobody finna dictate to me how much I can, how much of a father I can be to my child. He has my name at the end of the day. So no one no one has the right. To, like a lot of men, they, they just kind of like give that right up without really fighting for it. And it's like, no, that's your right as a father. Like ain't, can't nobody tell you as long as you are healthy mentally and you're able to provide for your child financially, you're able to do every, all the basics and you're not like, you know, you don't have any substance abuse problems. You don't have any, you know, you know, anger, like extreme anger management, anything of that sort. Can't nobody tell you, you can't nobody like, you know, make you less of a father than, than what you mm. want to be. Mm. So I was going to ask both of you guys a question because I, 
I'm not married at all, or you know, inshallah, one day I will be and have a kid, you know. But there is something that a lot of people say is, um, what's it called? When people get divorced and they end up, you know, and the kid is there, some people say that when you do get that divorce, it does something to that kid, whether it's like you're there for the kid or not. It's like that kid always has a question for himself and it's like, why my mom and dad can't be together, you know? And I'm like, so mentally, how does that affect you guys? Like the fact that like, yes, you know, you guys are not with your, uh, what's it called, uh, spouse anymore. But like you said, you did it for your own good, for your own sake of that. You know what I'm saying? You did it for you to be a better father. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Just because... And it's that's what people. I, I sometimes I try to understand it, and I'm like, I do understand. Sometimes it just doesn't work out, whether you like it or not, or how hard you try to do it. It's just not meant to be. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Allah didn't decree that for you. Maybe it was just for you to have a son and have a blessing. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That's what maybe what God put you guys to meet that this world is bring a human. You know what I'm saying into this world and with Allah's blessing, and that's you guys' blessing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Whether you like it or not. But it just didn't work out. Mm. So to me, it's like now now you guys are entering a different world of mm. now being fathers and then also making sure that your kid, your both of you guys' kid has the knowledge of like no matter what happens, we both love you equally. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let me let me start. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to start with this go one because something just came up on my dome right now. Go ahead, go ahead. I think for us, Pala, you just said something so beautiful. It's like, the default in a lot of our societies is that the man is a second right, uh, second, uh, second class citizen. Meaning it's like the mom is parent number one, the dad's parent number two. When really we are both the parents to this child. Mm. And I think a lot of men, they default to the position of, maybe I'm going to just take a backseat. I remember somebody coming up to me, someone close in my family, I'm talking related. I'm fighting yeah. for my child. I want to see my child. Somebody tells me, wait till he's two years old. I'm like, bro, my child is five minutes away. And you telling me, wait till he's two years old. And this time he's five months old. I so said, you have lost your damn mind. I'm a do Don't worry. I'm, I'm going to handle it. So, and I handled it. Alhamdulillah. And I think people need that. That is your child. And I remember you said something so powerful when I asked you, because Alhamdulillah, before we do these episodes, we, ha we chop it up and we try to get an idea of the feel, what we want to convey. Mm -hmm. And I said, bro, if there was one message that you wanted to convey, you said, your child is your responsibility. And I was like, Allahu Akbar. I think we got so acclimated to subhanAllah the high divorce rates and what we've seen, what we've all, many of us experienced, especially between us. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, the after the divorce, it's the parent, it's the mom that steps up. She fills both the shoes, Allahumma barik. Mm -hmm. And then the father is, you know, a lot of times missing in action or there's a conflict there. And Abdi, when you talk, now I'm going to add on top of what you question, Abdi, what you pose it is like, that guilt of like, oh, my son, like, alhamdulillah, I'm going to be a great, great father, but he's going to look up and say, what happened? Mm -hmm. I have my I have my friends, you know, he goes to elementary school, I see my mom, I see my dad, uh, I see my friends, their parents are together, right? They're cooking dinner together, they at the house, they laughing, and me, it's like, I'm going to just my father or uh, my stepmom, and alhamdulillah, they have a beautiful relationship, either, yeah. you know, you cultivate that, inshallah, yeah. but either that's it's that situation, right? And I think when... What he just said was so perfect. It was this idea of, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the relationship was not conducive, right? And that relationship as a husband can bleed into your relationship with your son mm. or your relationship with your child. It can become a, a hostile environment. It can become an in, unstable environment. And that's not an environment that you want to raise a healthy child, 
And especially if two, two people are not compatible, let's say maybe not be hostile, let's just say it's incompatible, mm-hmm. right? Then a lot of the times it's better to be happy, right? Find somebody that matches or, or you can be compatible with and matches your wavelength, mm. right? What's the point of just being a husband and a father if you're not happy in your house, the house you come back to? Well, the, yeah, I was going to say just just to touch on that, man, first and foremost, you have to be happy within yourself. Your happiness can't be found in another person before you find it within yourself. Mm, so nice. if you're not happy in your relationship, the solution isn't just to quickly jump to the next relationship. The solution is to become happy within yourself by yourself. And then once you're in that good space, then you can proceed to share that happiness with somebody else. Yeah, so you can't Ooh. just be looking. You can't be hopping from place to place. Be like, okay, I think the happiness is over there with this person or that person. You're just gonna continue to be chasing something that's you know that destination. What's what is it called? That uh, like that 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 destination. Uh, I don't know what the term is, but like thinking that I'm gonna find happiness in the next place in the in, in the next person, next relation. The grass person. is always greener. Or something that's the type of mentality that we have. Right, right. You know? mm-hmm. So I want to also add on top of that, a lot of people are looking to get married. And when they try to look get married, maybe they're not in a happy emotional state. Yeah. They're not content with where they are, their their trajectory in life. You know, mm-hmm. and naturally also we, we're human beings. We need we need a spa, a companion. Yeah. But there's also another right. side. If you feel like you're not good in your own skin and you're putting all that weight on somebody else to make mm-hmm. you feel uh you know, validated, loved, respected, honored, you're looking that and, and fulfilled in somebody else. Mm-hmm. You're putting so much pressure on that person. So, like, how do I imagine, like, you know, we're not perfect. So once you get in a relationship and that honeymoon is out, I, yeah. I keep telling brothers who, who even get, getting married right now, I'm like, look, to be real with you, that honeymoon is going to fade out. And after that, alhamdulillah, now you got to actually put effort. Now it's actually work. Yeah. So when that person is yeah. not giving you that natural, putting you on a pedestal and lovey-dovey, mm-hmm. right? And now you're not, especially, you know, if you're a sister who's not getting that from the husband all, the way he was when he was hunting, now it's like, oh my God, I don't feel, uh, I don't feel happy. Yeah, I don't feel validated. So there, I think that's just so important. That's true. There is like, there's a quote. When sorry, but tired to disturb you, but what's it called? There was a quote that Will Smith uh, was, uh, him and Jada were talking about. What's it called? There, uh, they said something about what you said. They said we took a break from each other because. I wasn't happy by myself and she wasn't happy with herself. So like what you said, and then there was a question that I had, but I forgot, but I'm going to let you go and I'm going to tell you what I was, what I was thinking of. My bad, so man, to answer your question about the, about the guilt, man, I actually had that conversation with my son not too long ago, a few weeks ago. You know, we you sat down and it was hard. I'm not going to lie to you. How hard, old man. is he? he? He's five. Allah. MashaAllah. Bro, he's 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 mentally man. He's really really mature. So he he asked me that question and and we sat down and it was hard, bro. I'm not gonna lie. It's probably the hardest one of the hardest conversations I've had to have, because at the end of the day, you always have to do the right thing. Like your your job is not to to bash the other parent or to tell them all the bad things that have happened. You know that that stuff that should stay between y'all and and the child should be protected from that. You know, and I and like you said, I just kept on reassuring like Abu. At the end of the day. Our job is as, as your parents is to love you, and that's never going to change. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to worry about. You got to worry about being a kid, being happy, you know what I'm saying, Doing, living your best life. And 
but those conversations are going to have to happen and i'm sure they're going to they're going to be more complex as he gets older but you know we're just going to be ready as long as we continue to consistently be honest with each other and open with each other you know i'm sure I'm sure uh, he will be able to, you know, on his own journey, because that's going to be his own personal journey too, right? He'll be able to have the tools needed to 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 be the best person that he can be, to, you know, through and because of his situation, because of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala him with. That's true. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, oh, I just remembered the thing. It was like how he talked about, and you also talk, touched a, a bit on it, was saying allowing what's it called for you to have this like if you want if like let's say for me i want to get married right inshallah and me saying that that person the person that i'm talking to makes me happy and i rely on that happiness and once they what's it called don't meet that requirement i put blame on them because mm. i'm like oh you're not doing what you were supposed to do to make me happy you know what i'm saying and a lot of people i feel like like i i used to do that in like when i was younger where i would blame somebody for not meeting the requirements like i'm like i put all this effort in but you're not doing what you're supposed to do and i and i seen this video that i seen not too long ago where it's saying don't blame that person for for them being who they are hmm. you know what i mean cuz you you tend to blame somebody for who they are but in reality you don't blame yourself for you to for you putting yourself in that position to allow this person to say this is the thing that makes me happy but that's not true. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And how how you were saying the one thing that like you as a person that you need to do before even thinking of stepping into a, what's it called marriage conversation or even wanting to be like one day I do want to have kids is first thing understand do I make myself happy? Mm. Once I'm capable of making myself happy, everything else around me works like a like liquid. It just flows. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Now you're gonna already you're gonna be adding. Yeah, you're gonna be adding yourself to that thing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Instead of requiring something from that person to mm. fill your void, and you're like, nah. It's called it's called a life partner, not a life sponsor. Mm-hmm. So we're not sponsoring people for it. We don't. We're not putting that, you know, happiness in, in their hands or just feeling contentment, the validation, you know, the self worth, all of that. That has to come from within before before you're able to share it with somebody. Okay. Right, right. Subhanallah. Man, I think for us, I think I think there's just some tips that we can just provide since we're already on the topic is what are some tips from brothers who may be going through a situation like this? Uh, maybe they're in it right now. Alhamdulillah, I'm about a year and some change away from this. Alhamdulillah, everything's settled and stuff like that has already been agreed with. And, and it's the same thing for you. Um, so, but in the moment, it's like, bro, it's hectic. So for those yeah. brothers who are in that, who are in that mix, who are going through all that, man, what are some things that you can advise them? And maybe I can share some tips or two of how to navigate that situation in a healthy way. Uh, to be honest with you guys, I'm not in that situation, so I just soak all the information. <laughs> from you. Come on. You know? Um, I say, man, number one, like you got to put some blinders on because a lot of people are going to be in your ear with their own agendas. They're going to tell you, do this, don't do that. This is what's best for you. You got to sit there and like really take the time to understand your children are your priority, right? And as long, like, as, like you said, as all the emotions that usually come with a divorce, you're going to have to do your best to compartmentalize how you feel about that person and put that to the side and have it, try to sit down with them and, and, and reason be like, look, let's put a plan together 
to do what's best for our children. They're not just your children. They're not just my children. We came together and we had these children together. So let's always establish the correct boundaries, right? Because sometimes when the boundaries aren't established and, you know, there's a lot of gray area involved, that's where the fluctuations can happen. Like, oh, man, you know, everything's cool with my ex. You know, we cool, we friends, and this and that and the third. But then, you know, that gray area happens, and then some boundaries are crossed, and then, you know, that's when the emotions start to come back into things. And then something could happen to take, oh, now I'm not messing with her no more. I'm not messing with him no more. And then, no, okay, now I don't want you to see the kids, or I'm not going to come over and visit them. Because what it was tied to, it was tied to the person. You got to remember mm. the parent and the children are two separate entities. So how you feel about the parent should never dictate how you treat your children. So establishing that boundary is very, very key. And, and it's essential to have a, a solid, you know, co-parenting plan moving forward. Mm. Yeah, definitely, bro. I was listening to, uh, this just reminds me of a brother, Yusha Evans. I don't know. Have you ever heard of him? Sheikh Yus uh, Yusha Evans. Yeah. So he yeah. actually, I don't know if you know, but he dealt with a divorce and he was very transparent about it um, on his YouTube. And he had an instance where it was like a difficult divorce and kids got involved and his access to his child uh, was blocked. And, you know, subhanAllah, this is a very, this is very tough because it happens to a lot of, a lot of brothers. And this is a very sticky situation. I think that's why brothers avoid the courts and stuff like that. And I'm going to be honest with you, people may disagree, people may agree, especially the Muslims, it may be controversial. I actually am a strong advocate for brothers going the legal route um, just to cover their assets, yeah. bro. Because uh, to be honest with you, no yeah. matter how reasonable, no matter how reasonable this person may have been in a relationship, when divorce comes, people can be resentful, people can be maliced, and it may not be inherently who they are, it's just... The, the climate of the environment and, and what they're going through. And we can sympathize because we're also going through that, right? And just because we're able yeah. to handle it a certain way doesn't mean, you know, the other person should be able to handle it a certain way. It's mm. just that they're their own person with their own thing going on and they're coping their own way. Yeah. And sometimes mm -hmm. it can burn a certain bridges. So when, what I would tell brothers is like, don't rely on somebody to be reasonable. Uh, uh, oftentimes the courts are not in the man's favor. That is the truth. And I think mm -hmm. uh, having some kind of legal documentation that says, hey, like I have my son this day, this holiday. So there's no, you know what? No, I'm going to keep him today. No, if you're going to keep him today, let's have a conversation about it and see if that's reasonable. I think that's, I think that's very, very, very uh, important. And another thing, as I would just say, is those brothers, just be mature. Just be mature, mature, mature and control your anger and frustration mm -hmm. and, do, and don't and channel that in a healthy way. Like, bro. Like, do whatever you got to do. I think for me, subhanAllah, when I was going through all that, bro, that's what fueled Taki Huck to, like, start booming. Like, I had all this time. Yeah. <laughs> I had all this energy and I had all this passion that was going. And I had this vulnerability side to me, too. And I was just like, bro, I've been wanting to do this for a minute. Right? Mm -hmm. Didn't I tell you that? Mm -hmm. I've been wanting to do this for a minute. And I was like, bro, let's just do this. And I think channeling all that in a positive way, what goodness can I bring? Not what destruction mm -hmm. can I bring? What harm can I bring? No, but what goodness? And it just, I would notice another thing that I would say to brothers is oftentimes the man is not depicted in a good light. I think oftentimes uh, the brothers, they should not anticipate their names to be spread in a good light, but to really bite their tongue, to bite, really bite their tongue. It's, it's really hard, but bite their tongue and let your actions speak. 
you're going to hear the most disgusting things said, said about you and don't entertain it and be strong, be resilient and let the man who, and even the sisters, let who you are speak rather than uh, you having to speak. Let your action speak for itself. So mm. I think that's some good insight, you know? Yeah. Mm. I so, couldn't yeah. agree more, man. Just, yeah. Put the work and let the work speak for itself. Yeah, and what I got from both you guys speaking is just allowing, like, not allowing your both the uh, what's it called the man and the uh, woman mm. emotions get in between the kid, because right. once it does that, then you start to destruct, yep. like you yep. destroy everything that you've created. Don't, yeah, mm. don't speak negatively about them, you know, in front of your child. I never don't, understood don't, that. Any like talking negatively your child about your other spouse because that's how, that's who the person came from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and even even like what's it called? The point of just seeing, like allowing your uh, kid to see mm. both of you guys argue and stuff like that. I feel like that can also affect the kid. So I'm like yeah, putting absolutely. that pride aside and be like, you know what? This is our job together. You know what I'm saying? Whether we like it, whether you know whether we like each other or we hate each other or not, the number one priority is mm. this kid. Yeah. Right. You know. You what I'm gotta. So, you, you gotta be a parent. And important, and and more importantly, you have to be an adult. You have yeah. to act like an adult. Yeah, you can't be acting like a child and being, like you said, vindictive and petty. And you yeah. know, oh, I'm gonna get back at you this way and that. But because you're only hurting the child, you're not hurting the other person. You're not hurting mm. the only person that's really mm. losing is, is the child or children. That's what I'm. And saying. at the end of the day, like you chose to be with this person. At some point, forget if you still love the person or not, or if you love that person. At some point, you you had an intimate connection with this person. Yeah. I I remember somebody said to me like, "Do you guys or you guys are closer than you than anybody you ever been with? Yeah. Even though you're separate, you still have a right to protect this person." Mm-hmm. And I took that very serious. I think that's so uh, important. So I think yeah, definitely with all the I think everything that we said, I think I wish I had this. To just hear about brothers being vulnerable, talking about some of the emotions, uh, I think it's such a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, and uh, it gets better. I just say a lot of those brothers, it gets better. Sometimes it's not, mm-hmm. sometimes you feel like you're getting better and then the next day it's not so good, but it's a journey like Time. anything else. How he said, it's Absolutely. a marathon. You last longer when you pace it. Mm. The Facts. marathon continues. Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar. Man, so I think all together, uh, I want to tie it all together, bro. Uh, inshallah, even for the brother, he's yet to inshallah have a child. Inshallah, yeah, come on, coming soon. Inshallah, after uh, that nikah, where we're gonna be invited to. Inshallah, inshallah, inshallah. but uh, what is, what is the kind of father uh, that you want to be, that you strive to be? Uh, I think that's a question for all of us. Um, inshallah, like a kind of a cohesive. Uh, uh, inshallah, something that our children could look back on. Inshallah, and be like, "Wow, my dad did that for mm-hmm. me." You know. Uh, so, inshallah, what is the type of what is the message, inshallah, that you want to convey to your son as well? Man, I just want to be the best father that he needs me to be. Not even necessarily the best father that I wish I had, because I am him and I are two different people, and his experience is going to be a completely different experience, and he's growing up in a completely different era, right? And and time. So, I want to be the best that I could be for him and him mm-hmm. alone and, and, and show up there and be there for him in whatever way that he needs me to be and sometimes be the parent that you know not be the parent that he wants me to be but the parent that I need him to be that I need to be for him excuse me right and and just be the person that you know my dad taught me about to be my dad taught me about what it is to be a man my dad was you know a great example 
for what it is that I need to be in. And for me, he allowed me and gave me the ability and the belief to be the best person that I could be. Mm. And I said, and, and just pay it forward. And, 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 you know, when he becomes a father, inshallah, when he becomes a husband, I wanted this, he, I want him to be like, yo, I got the blueprint. I know exactly what it is that I need to do. Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar. Should I go next? Yeah, man. Bismillah. That's beautiful, brother. I'm going to just say that. Alhamdulillah. Like right now, I got my child upstairs. Uh, he's with his grandma. Uh, subhanallah. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it, it's crazy, bro. It's, it's, it's really crazy. I remember when my son was first born, bro. Literally. That was the first time I cried like a kid, bro, in a long time, bro. I was shocked. It, it, was, so, it was so much emotion. I don't think there's nothing like that. It's like... Yeah, yeah, your wife is pregnant one second and you're like yeah there's a kid on the way but then you see something with eyes and a nose and a, and a, a mouth it's the craziest thing and there's a there's a sense of love that you have never a sense of love and protection protection that you have never felt uh at all right and mm-hmm. i think that's just so precious and so invaluable to preserve no matter what happens uh, between the mother of your child or the father of your child. And alhamdulillah, man, the type of husband or the type of father I want to be to my child is someone who's there, you know. Even if I'm yeah. physically not there because uh, maybe I'm traveling or something like that, I'm hey, always there. Call. I'm FaceTime. I'm texting, yeah. I'm mailing. Whatever I got to do to tell you I care, and I'm there for you, and whatever you need, I'm, I'm going to be there like like that. Mm-hmm. I think that is the type of father I want to be, someone who instills, even though my parents uh, do, uh, divorced, and there was some kind of isolation between me and my father because of some things between my parents. Alhamdulillah, when I moved back with my father at like 14, uh, when my parents agreed that, you know, maybe it's time for me to start living with my dad, about like 13, 14, when I lived with my dad, even though I did see him every other weekend or something like that every now and then uh, in my younger years, that relationship I had with my dad, man, that was just amazing to go experience that. You know, I think a lot of us wish, like, oh, I wish I had that. What would it have been like to live with my dad? And alhamdulillah, at least I got to taste that, you know, at the towards the end of my yeah. uh, the, my teenage years when it was so critical. Mm. And, like, him teaching me, like, how to change a tire. He actually took his time out to teach me that and, and certain things and be able to confide. I want to be like that to him. And also, alhamdulillah, I think uh, one thing that people relate with on this podcast is we we're familiar with this generation in yeah. some, some capacity. Yeah. Even though our kids may yeah. come up in a different way, we might look into y'all, you're like, y'all weird. <laughs> you know, we mm-hmm. might say that. We still have this, we still have some connection yeah. to the land and the, 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 what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I hope to be that type yeah. of person that when I pull up to a school, they'll be like, damn, who's this young dad who, uh, mm-hmm. who's out here? Is this his, uh, is this his older brother? You yeah. know, so alhamdulillah. Yo, I, still, I, I still get that, man. I'm, I'm trying to hold on to that as much as I can. I still Come on. Getting that. Oh, yo, your younger brother's so good. I'll be like, yo, Amir, you can't talk to me for a whole weekend. You know what I'm saying? He's like, he's like, well, you don't understand. Why are you so happy? I'm like, what you mean? They think that you're my brother. They don't understand. Allahu Akbar. Come on. I'm trying to I'm trying to hold I'm trying to hold on to that for as long as I possibly can. Yes, sir, yes, sir. That youth fountain, bro. Come on. Come on. I feel it. No, well I like for me, like I agree with both you guys a hundred percent, you know what I'm saying? With just my future kids just knowing that their dad is always there emotionally. That's one thing that I feel like financially, hopefully I will be there for them. And I know it's not an oh hopefully I have to be there for them financially. You know what I'm saying? And 
but the emotion aspect of them, whether it's like dealing with school or having like having a bad grade, or, and they don't know that uh, them feeling like they're failing at a certain thing or whatever it is. I feel like I dealt with those as when they were, when I was you know their age and stuff like that. I feel like just being there and being that vulnerable dad that they could come up to and talk to or be like you know about anything, anything. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like my yeah. my son coming to me and yeah. be like, oh dad. How did the Lakers do today? And I just talked to him. I'm like, man, when I was your age, LeBron was, you know, yeah. just doing, you Yo, know, just talk. It's crazy. I was, we were watching. He so he's a Lakers fan. He loves LeBron. So we were watching some highlights. On Come YouTube. on. And then I was, and then um, one of his dunks was crazy. I was like, I think we need to dunk on Bielitsa last year against the Kings. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. like, I was like, dang, that was crazy. And then this guy looks at me. I swear to God, straight face. He's like, you ain't know LeBron had bounce like that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I said, yo, you like, too much. I said, man, you too much, man. But yeah, so just just being able to like, he loved sports, man. Every sport yeah. we watched together: football, basketball, you know? soccer. Exactly, don't matter. That, so it's like just it's so it's so fun to enjoy that with him. Yeah, mm. you know what I'm saying, and that's like the top of like. And on top of that, I want to be a role model for my kids, someone mm. that they look up to, and like you said, pave the paint for them to. They're proud of, you know. Yeah, someone that they're proud of, and like show them the ropes of being a man. And eventually, yeah. once they are husband, hu- husbands and wives, once they're husbands and wives, and they have their own kids, I want them not to be like me. I want them to be better than me. Be you better. Know what I'm Absolutely, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That's my goal, and that's the type of thing that I want. Hopefully, shall my kids to have is like, yeah, my father was there for me emotionally, did everything for me, but I'm going to be, because I, no, I, no one's perfect. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Sometimes mm-hmm. there's going to be that argument that your kids going to be like, oh, dad, I didn't, you know, just a bunch of those. You know, it's got, yeah. it's going to happen, and I'm ho- hopefully, I mentally, I will be prepared for that. You know, but I know that's mm-hmm. going to happen, and then, but the fact that. There, they know that all oh, my father emotionally was there for me. He came mm. to every single game I played at. He was there. Uh, what's it called? When I, uh, when I first talked to a girl, he helped me. How do I talk to this woman? How do I go talk to her yeah. dad and stuff like that? He helped mm. me through everything. And I'm like, I want to be better than that because my dad did this for me and made me the man I am. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm going to be even a better man for my kids for them to be better than me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Just creating that yeah. natural, beautiful circle of just. Yeah. Showing your how to raise your kids, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like that's my goal. Inshallah, hopefully, inshallah, may Allah give us success in all our plans, brother. May Allah put butter. I mean, bro. I mean, it's important for us to continue. I was gonna say, may Allah allow us to continue to just be support systems and and resources for each other, like you said. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. Is like you know, this platform. One of the great things about it is somebody could be watching, be like, wow, I didn't know somebody else was going through what I was going through and then just to mm-hmm. kind of like continue to build that network especially as as black men like we don't mm-hmm. feel like we have a lot of times people that we can go to so if this is if this can help another brother that's going through this like mm-hmm. you know alhamdulillah it was worth it Mm-hmm. Facts, facts, facts. facts. I mean, that's that's something that I love about talking Hawk. Even as it just it's for everybody. There's it, some, yeah, there's, for some everybody. Th- there's some topic that's gonna be like yeah. Last you know week we dropped the episode about addiction. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. And there's mm. and the thing I love about it is because it directs like youth and people that go through life things that some people may not want to talk about publicly, but mm. when they hear somebody yeah. is going to like man. I needed to hear something like this because this mm. is something that helps me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm. And it was very dope. Right. And I hope. Someone, you know, they can enjoy this and hopefully they like it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, sure. inshallah, brother. Inshallah. You know, I'm, I know we're over here going an hour, six minutes. I definitely just want to add one more point that you said, Abdi. The role model part, I think that's just critical, bro. I think, like, even though I didn't seem, I wasn't, I didn't, 
you know, wasn't like really with my dad a lot of my childhood. Yeah. No matter what I heard about my pops, no matter what I probably saw about my dad, but I always put him on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. I always said like, not That's my dad. Good. Like my dad is, you know, subhanAllah. And had he been there, bro, I would have like revered the guy. SubhanAllah, that's my pops, you know? Still, I love him I to death. You, it, it, and imagine yeah, being, imagine, yep, imagine being there though. Imagine being there fully yeah, involved, hands on, mm-hmm. and having that relationship. Crazy. I've had conversations with multiple people who've had that relationship. People who are like PhDs, uh, like uh, uh, Dr. Ahmed Hussein, who had that relationship with his father, and Qadi Ahmed Burhan. These people are person, mashallah, who are doing great things, SubhanAllah. And they always credit their father. They credit their mother, of course, but they always credit their father, how great of an influence, how he led by example. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. one thing when fathers tell us, direct us, this is what you got to do, this is what you got to do, this is what you got to do. But the person yeah. to embody it, bro, that changes the game. For you to embody it mm-hmm. and for your son to have a reference point and say, that's my dad, mm-hmm. man, that's it's, it's only the move. It's only the move. If you always got to say, like, I always tell him, I'm never going to ask you to do something that I don't ask of myself. Mm. Boom. So when I ask you to do something, it's because I'm holding myself to that standard too, you know? Mm. And like you said, like, even even with me, right, even my fractured relationship with my dad, I still wanted his approval. I still wanted his mm. validation. So like you said, it, you can only imagine how it's going to be when you have a strong bond with your, with your, with your child. It's only going to be like you go. said. You know, yep. you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna re- re- revere him and 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 put him on that pedestal and and try your best to emulate you know the example that he provides. Yeah, Allah Akbar. I think this is a beautiful discussion, bro. I just want to thank you so much uh, for you coming on and just talking about you know the, this uh, important uh, yeah. conversation. Being that big brother, well, I appreciate you, man. Allah Akbar. Nah, man, do you hey, have any last words for our man. audience, brother? Oh, I'd say just uh, whatever it is that you're going through, you know, definitely go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Understand that he puts you in your test for a reason, that this dunya is not meant to be perfect. This dunya mm-hmm. is meant to have its test and trial and tribulations, and your test is custom made for you. And mm-hmm. that doesn't mean it's not going to be hard. That doesn't mean it's not going to be, you know, you feel like it's unbearable at times. But just know that Allah is giving you an opportunity to come back to him. Mm. to be the best Muslim that you can be. Allah. Allahu Akbar. Beautiful, so brother. Beautiful. It, it, it's, that's just, just, it's an opportunity. You just got to look at it the glass half full as, as, as not, mm. not a hindrance, but you know, a tool that can get you closer to him. Allahu Akbar. Subhanallah. MashaAllah. Tabarakallah. Alhamdulillah. May Allah reward you, brother. Now I want to ask you, brother, where can people get tapped in with your work and where can people find you? Oh man, homegrown immigrant. I guess on Instagram, same thing with YouTube. I'm on TikTok. I'm not really that active there. I need to find like an intern. That's good. Like I gotta find a, <laughs> I gotta find a young person that knows how to manage TikTok for me. But um, I'm on there on TikTok as well. I'm on Twitter, Black Men Right. I don't really like. I'd be just tweeting random stuff. So follow at your own at your at your own risk, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's where y'all can find me. And uh, Medium as well. Medium, if you look up Homegrown Immigrant, you'll find a lot of my blog posts. I'm in the process of moving that stuff to my website. But um, by Instagram, should have the, the link tree to all of, all of the content that I have out there. 
Inshallah. Inshallah. Make sure you guys go ahead and get tapped in with the brother's work. Uh, mashallah, mm-hmm. doing great things, talking about very uh, much needed discussions. And mashallah, you can see the beautiful relationship he has with his son. Mashallah, yeah. I'll be seeing those YouTube videos. That man is mashallah older than he looks. Allah but just mashallah. more mashallah. mature. And, and, and <laughs> mashallah, tabarakallah. May Allah put hey, in front of the camera. He's a natural, man. He's a natural in front of the camera. I had to learn. You know what I'm saying? I, I went through some growing pains, but for him, he's, he's natural with it. Come yeah, on, come man. on, come Mashallah. on. Allah, we might have uh, my child when he gets a little bit older, your child having their own podcast, brother. Just watch. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to have it. Know, the same setup. Uh, <laughs> never they're know. They're going to have Talkie Hawk 2. The Talkie Hawk Part 2. Allah, <laughs> this time yeah, it's not going to be yeah. for the youth, bro. We got to hand it over to the younger yeah, generation. Eventually, we just go. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Inshallah, brother. Absolutely. Uh, I appreciate you, brother. Uh, and thank you so much. Uh, for those who are listening, uh, thank you guys for listening to this episode, uh, to this uh, beautiful discussion. I highly discussion. recommend it that you guys do listen because this was dope. Yes, like even from my perspective, like right. just hearing you guys' stories, Wallah, it's like I learned so much and I know from now on, like if I ever go through the same situations, mm-hmm. I will call both of you guys and be like, hey, bro, this is what I'm dealing with. We're here for each other. We're here you for each me? other. So, so inshallah, so, man, may, yeah. Allah, may Allah accept it. Uh, so yeah, make sure man. you guys go ahead, Amen. like, share, subscribe. And uh, follow us and follow the brother uh, Fuad and get ready for Ramadan, guys. Inshallah, Ramadan right around the corner. So, inshallah, may Allah allow us to reach that month. And we're going to see y'all next week, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum, everybody.